corner in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk harder than a match here. But at night it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on and dance all night. Good afternoon, Douglas County. This is Stephen Peckinmaker and Silverthorne, your Sherpas of Sanity, your Lanterns of Liberty, and North Star of Common Sense. Hey, Steve. How's it going? It's going great. It's been a little bit since we've talked, but we got lives and the school board is up to all sorts of things. And so I thought, I gave Megan a ring and I said, Megan, let's have a conversation. Let's check back in and see what's going on. There are things that we think that people need to know. Yeah, there are. There are. So I want to give like a very brief overview of the topics that we're going to cover in the podcast, and then I'll take them one at a time. Great. So we've got a lot of interesting changes. One, uh, and this all came out of the, the school board meeting from last night, the public comment that was traditionally in the beginning has been moved. There was a, a teacher who was on the DAC, Matt Rogers, who's been a guest on our show before, had an oblique attack on his chair. Uh, There was a pay increase of the superintendents that was, I think, eyebrow raising. And then, of course, everything with the STEM school, the charter renewal, and some of the conversation that's grown out of that tragedy. So we're going to cover that all, but let's start with the public comment. What was the history of the public comment while you were on the board for eight years? Honestly, eight years worth of public comment history might be a little much, but Basically, we had settled around having it at about 6.30. So we would have student and staff recognitions beginning at 6, and we would honor those students and staff who had done amazing things, which was pretty much every meeting because we had a great set of folks. But then we would begin public comment at about 6.30. Folks would sign up online, and then it would close at 3, the day of the meeting, and then we would generate a list, and we would call people up. That would start at 6.30. But there were many people that were signed up for last night's meeting, and we'll go into why here in a little bit. But the board... It was standing room only. It was. It was standing room only, and there were folks outside the room. They were downstairs. They were outside. The fire marshal actually had to make sure that there weren't too many people in the building. So, yes, there was a lot of interest in last night's public comment. And so the board moved the public comment session to the end of the meeting, and they moved the entire STEM agenda item to the end of the meeting. I mean... This is just an observation. Also, not only were there lots of members from the public here, how many board members were at last night's meeting? Well, there's a, it's a seven-member board, but there were four members present. There were three members who were absent. So I'm asking for you to speculate, but why do you think they would move when you have all these people here that want to weigh in on a topic? Why would you move the public comment to a later part of the meeting? Well, I think they wanted to probably hear everybody's comments because they knew there would be an adverse reaction if they didn't hear everyone's comments. And in order to let the rest of the business be conducted, for example, last night was the deadline to pass the final budget for next year's school year. So they had to take care of all that business. I'm guessing that they knew that the STEM discussion would go on for quite some time, so they wanted to make sure the other business was transacted first. I think that's a really generous take on that person. Well, it might be. I will say that I know that a lot of the parents who showed up thinking that the agenda items would be at 6.30 and shortly thereafter were probably unpleasantly surprised to find out that they would have to wait till 8.30, 9.30, 10.30, 11.30. The meeting went on past 1 a.m. Six hours. Yeah. Six hours. And this is a weeknight. So a lot of parents have to go to work. Are they going to stay for that long? And, you know, there, there was a lot of uh, unfortunate a- adverse effects on people's schedules. So are you really, are you suggesting 
are you, can you say with a straight face that you don't think that they're trying to just wait some of these upset parents out? I, I certainly can't see into anybody's minds, but I do know that there are some public officials that do string people along and they want people to kind of give up, go home, not be there anymore. And it'll cut down on the number of people that are making comments or are otherwise present if they do wait them out. So this isn't a permanent change? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, interesting. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, Matt Rogers is a teacher, middle school teacher. He's been on the DAC. And what happened last night during the school board meeting with his chair? Well, Matt was appointed to the DAC, the District Accountability Committee, which oversees uh, a number of academic issues for the school board. They have membership that comes up once a year, every year. And then they occasionally will have people resign or people move on or what have you throughout the year. So they're always looking for new members and appointing new members. There was a list of folks that were up for recommendation for membership. And usually a, an interview committee consisting of board members and DAC members already in place, they will recommend new members and existing members for reappointment to the school board. And the school board votes on whether those folks will get a seat or not. Well, Matt was recommended for a second term. He'd been appointed in 2015 and had served out the rest of someone else's term and was appointed to a full term of his own. So he was eligible for a second term of his own. And he was on the list of members that were recommended for reappointment. Well, Director Lung, Director Kevin Lung, brought up a couple of things that he said were his concerns with Matt. And he wanted to recommend that Matt not be reappointed. He was the only person that was singled out from the list of recommendations. What, what possible concerns could he elevate? Well, Lung suggested that it was an attendance problem and that other people should be given a chance. But Matt is like other members of the DAC. He's got a life. He is a teacher, so he has his obligations for teaching, which may extend into the evening, by the way, parent-teacher conferences, outdoor education, that sort of thing. He had legitimate excused absences for any time he was missing. And, and that's always stated in a meeting. What, what is going on with this member? Why is he or she not here? Lung tried to cite that as a reason for trying to get rid of Matt. But here's the thing, Matt, very passionate about his job. He's been on our podcast before, and full disclosure, you can go back in our podcast. He was our teacher guest at one point. So Matt is, if you listen to him at that time, you'll see that he was very thoughtful. He was, he knew a lot about his profession. And for him to be targeted, honestly, it, lo it looks political to me. Well, and what, what's really ironic about the whole thing Director Lung's talking about uh, attendance issues, and then ultimately the vote failed because there weren't sufficient numbers on the school board because of excused absences. So I, to me, and you might even call this, I don't know, entry level. Why would you have a vote if you didn't have the votes already counted ahead of time? I mean, I know that Mr. Lung's new to this whole thing, but you don't have to be especially gifted or or clairvoyant to kind of look ahead and say, okay, what's the expected outcome here? But he charged ahead. It looks like he stepped into a rake because ultimately didn't pass. Well, and you're and speaking of being generous, you're being rather generous with Mr. Lung because he's been in the position nearly two years. So he's not that <laughs> new. He should know. Then this is a sort of a political calculus, right? If you bring up something and you want it to pass, then you should make sure that you have the support I would of your fellow board members. I, and and I, maybe I, he didn't have any idea whether it would pass. Maybe he didn't care. I don't know. But he brought it up. And so there were four board members there. Two voted against removing Matt and two voted in favor, including Mr. Lung. 
So uh, we're fortunate that Matt's voice has not been diminished. It's hard enough to get teachers to volunteer for DAC in the first place. When Matt volunteered, he was one of few applicants for that, and we were grateful to have him. And so to push somebody off for fulfilling their obligations as a teacher, or at least that was the cover excuse, Matt has been very outspoken about his thoughts about some of the direction that the district is taking. So for him to be targeted by Director Long was extremely unfortunate, especially for a body that continually says, we want to put teachers before politics. We want to make sure that this is not political. And it sure appears political to me. Okay, well, let's talk about this. This one actually, I think, surprised a lot of people. Um, Superintendent pay. Yes. So the superintendent for last year was paid $258,400. And, okay. and in my view, I don't think, uh, yeah, it's a big dollar amount, but he also has a huge job in front of him. Right. So I don't think that's that's abnormal. It's probably very consistent with what you'll find in Jefferson County and, and Cherry Creek, et cetera. But what was surprising was a 3.5% pay increase. So remind me, I'm forgetting, what was the average pay increase of the teachers as a result of the tax increase, the MLO that passed? 2.7%. 2.7. So 2.7 for the teachers... Three and a half on a base of 258. Okay, interesting. Right. If you recall back several months ago, there was an attempt to raise pay, not just for the teachers, but for the administrators also. And that was botched absolutely horribly. The assistant principals were slated to get a raise of about 13%. And then once, and once the public caught on to what was going on, people started to talk about it. And the superintendent abruptly rescinded that raise, actually had given it to them and then rescinded it, which left dozens of completely confused and upset assistant principals. Wow, so, just, so very botched to yeah. lots of problems. And so now we have this, this raise. And when we were on the board, not talking about our interim superintendent, but our previous superintendent, she was making 267000 And we did not give her a raise for years and years her pay was an issue constantly for certain folks in the community. It was always talked about how she should take a pay cut and the, and the teachers could get that. Never mind that taking a pay cut and redistributing that amongst all the teachers would have been negligible. Yeah, $267,000 divided, uh, you know, thousands of ways. Turns out, to, what is there, 7,500 teachers? I mean, you could go out and buy you some bazooka gum. <laughs> You know, no, I, but it, it's it's classic. It's classic. Oh, this person's making so much money. Aren't you guide me to the fainting couch so I can fall there? And the same people, the same exact people that were all up in arms about somebody's pay, you know, the politics of envy at its finest. Now they're zip, zilch, nowhere to be found. Totally MIA. Where are they? We have no idea. We're not curious right. enough to ask. That's, well, and, and they're not curious enough to, to raise any issues with this because... What it comes down to is that someone they like is sitting. It was never about the pay. Of course, it's not about the pay. It's right. So, any rate, just no. I think it's important for the voters in Douglas County to know the hypocrisy has never been so blatant. But okay, let's talk about STEM. Tell us how you really feel, Steve. Well, it's just ridiculous. It's so (laughs) ridiculous. It was always ridiculous. This is also ridiculous. Um, Let's talk about STEM. There's a lot of things that you know, a lot of turns this conversation could take. But I think I really would like to to keep it focused on, you know, how STEM moves forward from this tragedy, what the relationship of the school is with the district, because I think there's a lot of questions that people have. A charter school versus a neighborhood school versus a private school, there's some confusion about that. 
were you on the board when STEM was founded? And, you know, what was that like? Right. Well, in fact, one of my early meetings was about the STEM charter school. I was elected to the board in 2009. So in early 2010, there was a proposal for STEM to have a charter. And at that time, they weren't quite ready. So they came back the following year and they were approved in 2011. So they were approved at that time for grades six through nine. And now they have expanded over the years into a K through 12 school. So seeing them grow has been quite gratifying, in my opinion. They've done a lot with what they have. They they have a campus in Highlands Ranch. They have about 1,850 kids. They have, a, they have an excellent program. There's a lot of interest in their program because it is geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. There are a lot of corporate partners that they have, such as Lockheed Martin. You know, very strong attraction for people who are interested in robotics. They have a world-class robotics team. You know, people who want not even necessarily to become scientists or engineers when they leave school, but the curriculum and the methodology and the pedagogy, all of that is very attractive to a lot of parents. And they have a high incidence of students on the autism spectrum and other special needs who are attracted to those technological careers. So STEM, you know, seeing them get from a grade six through nine school in an office park in Highlands Ranch to where they are now, they're still in that location, but they have grown. They have done so much with their kids. It's really fabulous. Well, and as a Highlands Ranch resident, I'm proud and excited to see them listed as number nine in the U.S. News and World's Report top schools in Colorado. Number it's nine. fabulous. Seeing that, that kind of recognition for one of our public charter schools is fabulous. And as you say, the, you know, public charter schools are public schools. You know, you have neighborhood schools and charter schools as public schools. And you also have online and magnet schools. But private schools are a different animal. But remember, there is no such thing as a private charter school. Right. Exactly. So a lot of people there, want to say there is, but there's not. Right. There is. That is a... The contradiction in terms. There is no such thing. So why was STEM on the agenda last night? A couple of things. In January, they were approved for a three-year contract extension, which is already a little less than typical. Typical charter renewals. And when we say charter and contract, they are synonymous. A charter with a district is a contract for a school to run in the district as a public school with an independent board and an independent set of policies. A lot of people are confused about what a charter school actually is, and that's what it is. So they get renewed every so often by the authorizing school board. And so in this case, Douglas County School District is the authorizer. Since STEM has been around for a while, then a five-year renewal is typical. Sometimes even a 10-year will happen. But the Board of Education did not want to renew STEM for five years. They renewed them for three years. And last night's agenda item was supposed to rescind the three-year agreement and put in place a one-year agreement over supposed safety concerns. So how unusual is that? It's extremely unusual. I've never seen a one-year. And so as a reminder, the school shooting at STEM occurred on May 7th. And so the district and the board had been working toward a contract agreement over the extension that had occurred in January, and they had not yet come to an agreement. And the district board was using that lack of agreement so far as an opening to say, well, we're not going to try to work toward a three-year agreement at all. We're going to try to work toward this one-year agreement. This seems, it sounds like it's unprecedented. At least in recent memory. I have not ever seen a one-year attempt, particularly a unilateral one-year attempt. Uh, it, it seems to me they don't want to 
renew the charter. I mean, we already know how this board feels about charter schools in general. There's a lot of people in denial about how that how they feel about charters, but I, I know how they feel about charters. They're anti-charter. They're absolutely anti-charter. Well, and there are a lot of people who attended last night's meeting and who looked at the resolution that would have cut the three years to one year. And they said, this is very concerning to us. This verbiage looks not only like you're trying to control our school, but also like you don't really want our school to be around at all. Well, so this is a quote from a parent on social media, and I'm just going to read the quote of this person. Sure. And this is unedited. So this person said, just FYI, they, meaning the Board of Education, they have a resolution on the STEM school for the BOE, that's the Board of Education meeting tomorrow night. They're rescinding the prior charter extension as a direct result of the shooting. They'll pass it, and then we move on to other charters, citing them for noncompliance on this and that, and they'll start with safety. They'll rescind every charter in this county. You watch. They're exploiting this tragic school shooting in every way that they can for politics. Every single one of them. What do you think about that? I think my first reaction is that this is terribly concerning. If you take a closer look at what they wanted to do with STEM, it's available on the public school board agenda site where all the details are, but the Denver Post had an excellent summary of what the sticking points were, of what the school district was trying to impose the school board on STEM. So such things as training counselors on threat assessments, completing those assessments in a timely way. What is timely? Reviewing safety data supplied by the district, reporting data about student attendance and behavior, refraining from spending per pupil money on new schools, hiring licensed mental health and special education staff. Hold on, what was that last one? Refraining from spending per pupil money on new schools. What does that even mean? I think this board does not want to see STEM expanding yeah, we if, can't have another highly ranked school in, in Douglas County that's if, not a neighborhood school. Heaven forbid. Stemic, I mean, it just makes me want to just, it, it, it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. Well, if STEM wants to expand into other districts, then this board is trying to put a restriction in place to have them spend their per pupil money to do that. You know, the question is if they want to expand, then, you know, if people don't understand what the expansion process looks like into other other districts, then I think that's beyond the scope of, of this particular podcast. I mean, has but, there been any conversation about STEM expanding? Well, there might have been, but uh, certainly this board is wanting to either shut that down or make it as difficult as possible. Um, and, and it doesn't seem like it fits in any type of conversation about, well, gosh, we had a school shooting and now we have to address certain things that came out of that. Well, what does that have to do with a school shooting or any safety concerns. Zero. You know, exactly. So that's what my concern is. Like the, the, It's an excuse to put in a new restriction. So on with the list, hiring licensed mental health and special education staff, requiring all staff to complete safety training, providing transparent financial information, which is already part of state law, administer regular parent, student, and staff satisfaction surveys, and completing a strategic plan. So a, a STEM school board member... Again, the board for the school is independent of the district board. She believes that it feels like an effort to control the school, and it shows that the district doesn't trust STEM. And so her direct quote is, it feels like you're putting STEM on probation. She said, if you want to set policy for STEM, come and run for our board. <laughs> That's a mic drop moment right well, there. Well, and, and exactly. I, and, and again, with charter school law in Colorado, a charter school is meant to be a laboratory for innovation. By design, their policies are separate from school district policies, and they're under control by state law of 
the local school board, not the district school board. Mm -hmm. The STEM board controls policy, not the district board. So for the district to put all of these factors in place for STEM simply to continue to exist is really a gross overreach. And Mm -hmm. parents and board members of STEM showed up at the meeting last night en masse because they were rightly concerned about it, terribly concerned. It does seem like an undue burden. I mean, you've got this laundry list. It goes A through M. Of, right. of, of things that are either already covered or outside the purview of the county board. And they're throwing up all of this dust in the eyes of the charter school in a moment in time when they're trying to heal and recover from this tragedy. Right. And I'm sure that the board, the board isn't just sitting back on its hands. The board is, is trying to- You're talking to, about the local board. The, I'm talking about the STEM board. Right. They, they are trying to address all kinds of things that- either led to the shooting or that could lead to a similar event in the future. So they're not idiots. I mean, they're not, you know, just sitting there waiting for someone else to tell them what to do. And so for the the Douglas County Board to come along and put in restrictions, some of which have nothing to do with safety or the shooting, to me just seems overtly political. They're, they're trying to put their thumb in the eye of STEM. They, and by the way, they've never liked STEM. I mean, there has been a lot of anti-STEM chatter in the past, and this just seems like a way to shove a stake in the heart of a school that, as you say, is top ranked. Don't let an opportunity for a media spotlight get in the way of an agenda you had before any of this happened. It's really too bad. I mean, there is no reason to target this particular school in such a manner. If there are legitimate safety concerns, then that's what should have been in this resolution. And and there are some safety items on these lists, but at the same time, there are other things that have nothing to do with that and things that are just cluttering up the works. This whole change was about safety, and they've done a really terrible job. And so what they ended up doing last night was not passing this one-year extension, the rescission of the three-year and replacing it with the one-year. What they decided to do was kind of kick the can down the road a little bit and say, okay, over the next few weeks, we're going to try to come to an agreement before the end of the fiscal year, which is June 30th, and so that STEM has its contract in place. Right now, they're kind of in limbo because what they need to have is an extension of their charter, the extension of their ability to operate here in Douglas County. And there, there are hundreds of school kids that are depending on that to even have a school for next year. So they really need to get that squared away. So what they need to do is make sure that that agreement is in place. And right now it's kind of in limbo. But what they did not do was pass all this draconian stuff last night. And I think it's a testament to parent persistence, as you said before, having to wait around for hours just for a chance to speak. People were very angry, very upset. And so I think it got through at least momentarily to the school board who said, okay, we're not going to pass this. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when parents show up. And I would encourage anybody that's listening to this is obviously interested in, in what's happening with our district and our local schools. Continue to show up, continue to, you know, stay on top of this so we can hold our school board accountable because I think transparency is the best disinfectant and the best way for the board to stay on the straight and narrow is for a well-informed population to know what's going on. And that's part of the reason for this podcast, of course. I would just say also this whole thing is classic knee-jerk reaction stuff. Right. I mean, right. You, you've got all these schools in the district, but you focus on the one that just had this tragedy. I would argue your other schools are probably softer targets, more vulnerable to this and other types of, of vulnerabilities. Because y- you always focus on what happened this last month or the last quarter or the last year. And then you overlook the thing that, that's 
coming next. And it's it's just looking backwards rather than looking forwards. And it's typical, not just in schools. It happens in hospitals too. It happens everywhere. But I would just like to see them focus on the future rather than... Well, and I think that's that's right. I, and, and the other schools. There are many people who want them to do that. And, and again, this may be beyond the scope of, of our particular podcast, but there is a conflict between the Board of Education and the Board of County Commissioners who is trying to allocate money to help them with that. But there are local control concerns and all these different things that people are getting down into the bureaucratic weeds and losing the opportunity to form a strategic partnership in such a way that benefits kids. So I, I think there are a lot of things that remain to be seen about the way the school district approaches security. But if you look at what, how they're handling STEM in particular, I think that they've lost their way. They've gone off the rails. They've taken past things that may have happened with STEM, and they're taking other things that just are really not part of the scope of addressing safety concerns at STEM. Don't let an emergency go to waste, right? Unfortunately. So what about that? I think the last thing we should cover is the conversation around what the county commissioners offered to the school district. Obviously, people know that the MLO passed. There was a... From the school district, yeah. Right. A lot of new funds came into the district that were needed. And then the county commissioners came in and said, we'd like to help too. We have some ideas around school safety. We want to back those words up with actual dollars. And and they were going to commit, I think, $10 million to additional SROs. Well, here's what they were going to do. So on May 28th, the Board of County Commissioners met, and they had talked about this at a previous meeting, but they actually approved $13.3 million. And there was a couple of resolutions establishing committees, a physical school safety and protection funding committee, and a Supportive Mental Health for Students Funding Committee. $10 million was going to security technology at school entryways and expanded mental health services, $331,250 for efforts to fund mental health services and community response teams, and $3 million dedicated to fund half the cost of hiring an SRO, a school resource officer, a police officer, for each Douglas County school. And that was the sticking point right How there. How much per, was that going to cost? $3 million? $3 million to design to fund half the cost. So the other half would have come from the school district, so the school board. So the school board issued a response. First of all, they said they had concern with public funds going to private schools because that money that the county commissioners approved was for every Douglas County school, not just public schools. Hmm. The, the board, honestly, that is not... Should not be their concern, but we'll move on to the next thing. A matching requirement for schools to access the school resource officers. So if you have $3 million coming from the county commissioners, then there would be a $3 million... Obligation from ob- the district. Exactly, okay. an obligation that would be from the district. And so the board claimed that the budget was fixed at this point and that it would have been virtually impossible for them to come up with $3 million. First of all, the deadline for them to approve a school district budget for next year is June 30th. So at the time, May 28th, it was certainly not fixed. It was not impossible. And oh, by the way, a $40 million millevy override tax increase and a $250 million bond that just passed, passed, finding $3 million. But they didn't have the $3 million, couldn't find it it It's not impossible by any means. A third sticking point of theirs was representation from the district on those committees that I talked about a minute ago, they don't believe that their representation is proportional enough. So they believe that since they have more children than the private schools, that they should have a proportionally greater amount of representation. So what they said was, we would be grateful 
for monetary support as well as support of any ballot initiatives, no levy override or bond in the future. Yes, that means they're coming after you again to raise your taxes. It would be irresponsible, however, for our seven elected volunteer board members to abdicate decision-making responsibility for DCSD to the Douglas County Commissioners or any committees they may form. So those committees don't make decisions, they make recommendations, but it appears that this board is not interested in $3 million matching money for an SRO at every school because they are concerned about a lack of proportional representation on their own behalf. And I think the school safety conversation could be another podcast. And I I think people that question the efficiency and effectiveness of school resource officers is one to definitely have. I don't know if it's the best use of money either personally, but I think their hesitation or reluctance to engage with the the county commissioners, it's predictable. It's Mm. predictable. Now, so that's the 3 million. What about the 10 million? Is that the, the, the $10 million that the county was going to give the school district? Is that still a go, or, or, or are they afraid that strings are attached and they don't want to play ball? Well, they know that strings are attached. The money was allocated for specific purposes that the school board does not have any say over. So I think what the school board would have preferred was just give us a pile of money and we will decide how it's spent. Hmm. So I'm not sure how this money was or was not incorporated into next year's budget, but I know there remain territorial disputes about how it's allocated and how it's spent. And I know that the county commissioners have indeed appointed people to these committees. So I don't know if the school district is a willing partner or not. They might have told the county commissioners at this point to go pound sand, which would be really unfortunate. But we'll see. It remains to be seen. We'll keep an eye on it and we'll make sure that everybody's informed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for for your time today. And then I guess we'll be back and hopefully within a couple of weeks to provide an update and share more thoughts about what's going on with the district, what's going on with STEM and education in Douglas County. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Welcome back, Steve. It's great to be back. Yeah. Been down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, harder than a match. Yeah. But now it's a different world. Go out and